NWP Radio. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. Welcome all to this special production of the National Writing Project. We're really excited about this feature series of NWP Radio called The Story of a Poem, where I have the chance to talk to poets about being a poet, the story behind the poem, and a craft feature of a poem. Each episode will end with an opportunity to give it a go. In other words, an invitation to craft a poem or a few lines using a technique that the poet has highlighted. We hope these writing invitations will spur you to start or keep writing after the episode or give you something new to try in your classroom. I am Tanya Baker, the Director of National Programs at the National Writing Project. And for each episode, I'll have the honor and the pleasure of welcoming our guests and our listeners and viewers to spend a few minutes diving deep into poetry. As a poet teacher, mainly with California poets in the schools, Dan reaches as many as thousands of K to 12 students each year through residencies in schools. As a writing consultant and editor, he has helped adults hone their projects toward a perfect end result. His book, Song of Six Rivers, relates one man's life-changing experience through the Humboldt Bay region of Northern California, depicting the area's geography and history along the way through both poetry and archival photography. As a roving teacher of poetry in the schools, often staying in far-flung places, Dan has come to know the Six Rivers terrain and communities intimately. This book confronts mortality and loss, as well as love, and, under and the understanding of our connection to the earth. Dan says, at its heart, this endeavor strives to weave poetry into the everyday lives of those who dwell behind the Redwood Curtain. Dan Levison, welcome. Thank you. We would love to have you start by telling us how or why or how and why you became a poet. Yeah, uh, it's just one of those things that comes to you. Uh, and by the way, I don't reach thousands of kids each year, I wish. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Up to a thousand, but maybe as on many Zoom. many as a thousand. I did say thousands, didn't I? I got excited. <laughs> it's, it's all good. And, you know, more maybe on Zoom. Um, it, it was just, well, gosh, my dad was a cantor in our synagogue and, mm -hmm. you know, we lived in Israel for half a year when I was a little kid. And so, you know, language um, is what pulled me into it and, and music. Um, mm -hmm. And the poems would just come to me and then, um, but I didn't really have anybody helping me along the way like I help the kids now. I don't know why people, adults didn't tune into that. I was that into it. And um, so really not until my early 20s when I arrived at Humboldt State University and just met the right person, Vince Gotera, uh, who was head of creative writing at the time, he uh, took me under his wing and, uh, and then I got serious at that point. Lovely. I, it does, I feel like, I don't know exactly how close we are in the same age, but I do think we're all like, what were our parents doing? <laughs> we're, we're, we're close in age, I believe, yeah. Um, you've brought a poem with that with you for us to talk about today, um, and I believe we're going to talk about your poem Sundialed. Yeah, that's and, right. And um, this show is organized so that we get to hear a poem more than once as we talk about it. So we're hoping we would start by just having you read it for us. Sure. Sundialed, and there is a um, epigraph by Jim Harrison 
from his poem, Limb Dancers. Back then, you did not separate yourself very far from birds or cows. Cows, like cats, take lots of naps, summer afternoons on sun-wet lawns. Loss of naps, by us in facts, be clouds the bluest sine qua non. Be cow, be cat, the moo and meow, satisfact. Eat the words and store their fat. The more you know, oh, caveat. Eschew dinner, capiche creme fraiche. Earthbound, wingless, without twitter. Yawn bovine, stretch felinely. All in the meadow outside time. Be of milk beneath the skies. Lounge at large. Sip soleil, 39th wink, sundialed eyes. You meow me, I moo you. Te amo, tulip, in tongues we do. <laughs> that is a poem that rewards an oral presentation. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dan, I appreciate that. Uh, what's the story of this poem? I don't know where it came to me from. Um, I, I was probably just a happy, sunny, rural day outside here in Humboldt <laughs> County. And, and uh, I might have seen um, cows um, lounging on the lawn or something, uh, you know, in a meadow. And so just the, the lines came to me. And, and that's when my best poems come to me is when just lines show up and you have to grab the pen, you know, and start writing. And um, so I just started writing and, you know, I had told you earlier that, um, you know, I think it was the first, just the, the first few lines are the only ones really that stayed the same. I, and the poem was much shorter. And, uh, but, and I kept listening to it until it uh, went in the direction that it wanted to go and it's obviously i hope obviously it's just one of those poems about being purely in the moment and being outside of time um in fact one of the many titles i think was outside time mm -hmm. um the double meaning of outside time and uh <laughs> that's and that's where the poem came from and then do you want me to talk about it's the the use of its languages in, in there Let's hear it again now that we know where it came from, and then we can talk about that craft of all those languages. Sure. Okay. Sundialed. Cows, like cats, take lots of naps, summer afternoons on sun-wet lawns. Loss of naps by us in facts. Be clouds the bluest sine qua non. Be cow. Be cat. The moo and meow, satisfact. Eat the words and store their fat. The more you know, oh, caveat. Eschew dinner, capiche creme fraiche. Earthbound, wingless, without twitter, yawn bovine, stretch felinely, all in the meadow, outside time. Be of milk beneath the skies, Lounge at large, sip soleil, 39th wink, sun-dialed eyes. You meow me, 
I moo you. Te amo, tulip. In tongues, we do. Mm. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing <clears throat> the do <laughs> at the end of the poem, but that was the, uh, the happy accident of language there. <laughs> I love it. And I also live with two 21-year-old French majors, so you would not hear me trying to pronounce any French words. So <laughs> there you go. Um, let's, I loved that, uh, as I said, the first reading, I realized, oh, this is a poem I should have been reading aloud all weekend instead of silently. And in the second um, reading, I found myself wanting to yawn and stretch. And <laughs> so I feel like it's sinking in. Um, tell me about the craft of this poem. We can certainly talk about the just right word and all the languages that are in here. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, the craft of the poem is um, obvious, I think, obviously rhyme and rhythm driven. It's there's no exact meter or exact met, um, rhyme scheme going on. Um, but there obviously there, there's rhyme and, and, you know, very short lines of often a couple of beats, I guess. Um, and so and, and, and the poem came out in quatrains, four lines at a time. So that's the basic craft behind it. And then um, as the poem evolved and I, I, I just cut out, I just deleted, you know, most of the, after the first six lines, um, I think I just threw away, I mean, I still have them. I have pages here in front of me. Mm. Uh, I, I threw away all the original lines really going, just trying to listen to it and going, how do I capture this, this moment outside time? Where do I go with it? And um, the, the languages just started creeping in. Um, I, I took Latin for some years back in the, the earlier college days. Mm -hmm. So Latin started creeping in and, and then French and Italian mm -hmm. and, um, Spanish and um, and and the poem took I think it took well over ten years to write um, maybe much more than that I I I didn't keep track I kind of wish I did maybe if uh, no and and this poem was not in its own little separate file on my computer it was in a larger file so I don't know when the poem was begun but I kept listening to it and kept thinking I was finding the right lines and they were close and I have them all written down, just tons and tons and tons of lines. And, and the whole poem is lighthearted, it's whimsical. And so I, was, I kept trying to stay on that path. Um, the, the final, the, the, the very end of the poem, that took years, just the last like two lines. Mm. I kept chasing it and I wrote down, you know, I had like um, tongue and groove was one of the many, many endings. And I loved it, but I realized it's a bit of a cliche. I mean, it's clever, um, sort of clever, but it's, it's used a lot in different ways. Mm -hmm. And it was probably in the middle of the night, um, you know, a year ago or whatever it was that, that, that we do. Um, I mean, I, I probably had in English, we do. In, in right. tongues we do speaking in tongues 
little suggestions of maybe in God we trust, um, saying we do when people get married, all of this stuff. And then somehow, because it was such a language, multi-language driven poem that I got that double meaning of we, yes, and do with the X on the end is gods. So um, yes, we are gods, something like that. In this moment, we are, we are perfectly divine. Um, and Tulip, by the way, is a, uh, actually, technically, she's a basset hound on, um, on the property where I used to live. And so I still get to visit her sometimes. And, but in this poem, it's not that she's a dog in this poem. It's just that, that just, that was the, the right phrasing that spilled out at some point that calling somebody tulip was lovely. Isn't it though? <laughs> it is lovely. Inspired. I bought some tulips this weekend. For... Oh, nice. Beautiful. Yeah. I used to, I used to, I used to sell thousands of those when I was the flower man. Oh, I did not know you were also the flower man. When you, when this line came to you, did you know this poem's finished? Yeah. Ah, what did I, that feel like? It, it, <laughs> as good as it gets in poetry. Um, I mean, I thought <laughs> I knew it was finished. I thought I had better run over to the computer and start, you know, looking up how do you, you know, what's the plural of God and whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, very, very satisfact. <laughs> <laughs> very satisfact. Yeah, I, I was really satisfied. And this, I, I think, is, is maybe one of my best poems or most successful poems and certainly one of my favorite poems. But, but I'm not sure it's a great poem. Uh, it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so I'd love to see it published sometime. You know, I've, I've sent it out a bit. Uh -huh. uh, well, I think it's lovely. And I am looking out the window at a at a blue, a California blue sky in February and thinking this really captures a feeling that that double entendre of outside time is really captured my heart. Um, I do want to ask one more follow up question if it's okay. And that is, I'm imagining uh, what young people say when you say, oh, I've worked on this poem for 10 years. And I write a lot of lines and then cut them. So I wonder um, what you say to them about that. And I guess particularly, does it hurt to cut lines or is it okay because you've got them saved here and maybe you use them some other time or do they just go to the floor and what's that feel like? It, it doesn't hurt me. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that's just part of the game, part of the craft is, the, mm -hmm. you know, and, and when you're a young poet, you you early on learn the uh, phrase, uh, you know, you have to be willing to kill all your darlings or whatever it is. And um, so I'm fine with it. It's, it's all, it's all wet clay until the, until mm -hmm. it's thrown in the kiln and done, you know, mm -hmm. Even, and that could be 10 years of wet clay. You can keep the plastic over the clay and keep misting it, you know, and mm -hmm. keep messing with it. Mm -hmm. um, as far as telling younger people about the 10 year process, um, Actually, one of the very first things that I do when I'm teaching in the schools or now on Zoom during the pandemic mm -hmm. is um, I've got my journal and I show the journal to the camera or I show my journal, I walk nice. around the classroom with it just flipping open pages and going, look what a mess this is. It's a, it's a happy mess. 
These things are workbooks. These are drafts of our poems. Look, I just cross things out. I write in pen, I don't erase. I love to see how the poem evolved. And then you eventually type your poem and it's probably, and I tell the kids all the time that your poems should probably change over time. How, how often do we sit down and write a poem and right. it's perfect? Right. Um, it could happen, it does happen, but it's really rare. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I'm teaching, since I'm usually with kids only four or five sessions, there isn't a whole lot of revision going on or none. Um, if I had more time, you know, we would spend more, we would spend time on that. But um, I just, I, I bang that into their heads right away. And um, hope, you know, and, and a lot of the kids do stick with poetry and, and I or one of my colleagues or somebody will reach them again year after year after year. And, and then they follow that process. Nice. Let's, um, let's hear this poem one last time. Uh, now that we've talked about how you made it. Sure. Sundialed. Cows, like cats, take lots of naps summer afternoons on sun-wet lawns. Loss of naps by us in facts be clouds the bluest sine qua non. Be cow, be cat, the moo and meow satisfact. Eat the words and store their fat. The more you know, oh, caveat. Eschew dinner, capiche creme fraiche, earthbound, wingless, without Twitter, yawn bovine, stretch felinely, all in the meadow, outside time. Be of milk beneath the skies, lounge at large, sip soleil, 39th wink, sundialed eyes. You me, ow me, I moo you. Te amo, tulip, in tongues we do. When I was in uh, Peru several years ago, there was this cafe moo you. <laughs> it was, <laughs> but it was M-U-L-L-U, -L -L -U, and it, I think it meant a gem. Uh, and my friend and I, I was traveling with, we, we still... <laughs> We still play with that uh, phrase of moo you. <laughs> well, it's so funny that you say that because I was about to say to you, you meow me just has like a resonance on the tongue. I feel like I'm going to say that all day just to everyone. <laughs> you meow me. <laughs> uh, Dan, thank you. This is the part of the show where we uh, offer an, an invita invitation or a provocation. Uh, to listeners and invite them to have a go. Why do you think listeners should try? Yeah, okay, so let me, um, I, I came up with this idea that um, because it happened to me, it could happen to you, um, write a poem that incorporates as many languages as possible. Uh, and I'm just gonna read the text that uh, I came up with, which is while most readers or listeners won't be able to follow everything the first time around if you are throwing in a lot of languages. Uh, once they learn the meanings and pronunciations, the poem should become more of a pleasure to read or hear each time it is revisited. The trick is to make all the languages add to the poem rather than just being an exercise in 
textual dexterity or gymnastics or what we might call pyrotechnics sort of like you know <laughs> is Eddie event was Eddie Van Halen just like a typewriter or was he um Mozart you know it's like okay so you can play really quickly you can play really dexterously but is it beautiful you know wow. is, is, is and is there is there it being words is it is it deep the way it should be deep you know uh that's a lovely uh, metaphor or analogy sure. for uh, musicians i think <laughs> uh thank you dan it thank you, I want to put in a word for Song of Six Rivers, as you and I know, I interviewed you when that book was published and it's, and I uh, bought it and, and enjoyed it and do enjoy it. I, it's a beautiful book, both the poetry and the archival photography that are in it are lovely. So I wanted to remind readers that that book is um, still out there in the world, I assume. Sure. And um, that they should check out your work and, um, and because it's all lovely and, and Song of Six Rivers is very different from this poem that we've read together. So um, thanks, Dan, for being willing to be on NWP Radio again. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me, Tanya. It's great to see you and uh, we'll catch up again. Uh, we certainly will. I look forward to it. Me too. And, and thank you listeners and viewers for tuning in for the story of the poem with Dan Levison. And um, we invite you, if you are not familiar with NWP, to for the National Writing Project to visit us at nwp.org. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter so you never miss exciting conversations like this one. Thank you. Thanks again, Dan. Yep, you too. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. Thank you.